Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This, this, this is Jolly Rogers and Touchdown with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. It will start impacting them if they don't get it into gear. And Casey, I'm already getting fired up. We haven't even started <laughs> talking. Break it down. We haven't even started technically talking about the offense versus, you know, the Bucks offense versus the Chiefs defense. But you know what? Maybe we should just go there because Let's get into it. It, it, it seems like, especially coming on the heels of that injury report that you just gave, if we're able to see some of those guys back, I think mm-hmm. it's a game changer, literally, for this team, for this game. Oh, absolutely. Because – you pointed out one very significant thing, the return of Mike Evans. Come on, he's the go-to guy. Him and Tom Brady have that chemistry. He has that trust in him. Those many, 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 which breaks my heart to say, those many dropped catches by Scotty Miller are almost, you know, a done deal when it comes to Mike Evans. We're talking about a guy who made the most of three receptions versus the Saints, and I think he only had like five or six receptions, five, excuse me, receptions, uh, versus the Cowboys and has been a leader in that offense before the unfortunate um, ejection and then turns to suspension versus the Saints. So a receptions, 132 yards, one touchdown through two games. And I don't even think you can call it two games through like a game and a quarter, if you will. <laughs> so Mike Evans is going to be a huge factor um, not to kick up any any bad blood talking about Sunday's game, but I do truly believe that if Mike Evans was a part of that game, we would possibly have had a different discussion on that post-game podcast here on Jolly Rogers and Touchdown. So Mike Evans is going to be a huge factor there, as you mentioned, hands down. And then post-game on Sunday, coach head, head coach Todd Bowles tells the media, you know, Julio Jones could have played today. We held them out. Okay, well, that tells us a a lot and b following up that statement it was basically a more than likely he will be you know we're going to just see if we have that same if we have that same opportunity for him to go he's going to go and he is going to play and that is what coach Bowles said on sunday and then all of a sudden you have limited participation and they're saying he's a game time decision but i don't think coach Bowles would have said that from the podium if it was going to be a no so I'm always going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to very strongly lean to the fact that you're going to see Julio Jones again, another guy who has made strides with three receptions, even though we've only seen him in one game, but if you can get one deep threat on this team, one deep threat that Tom Brady can actually go to this, 
Chiefs defense is is the right team to try to exercise that with the right wide receiver because you already know it's a shoe in for Tom Brady. It doesn't have to put too much conversation around this fragmented offensive line. And then let's talk about that for a second. Say you get the return of Donovan Smith. That's a little bit more confidence, as you mentioned, Kaylee, that that very important confidence that you need to say, hey, we can get a we can get this done. We can actually execute these plays. And if they have the confidence of being able to make that stuff work, then you're going to look at a different offense they can generate a little better. They came out pretty decent versus the Packers to start off their first drive and then fell apart because of mistakes. Week four, there should not be any miscues. So hopefully everybody was in their freaking playbook and in those meetings, awake, alive, and alert with enough caffeine because do not enter Raymond James on week four and have miscues and, and, and mental errors. Enough. Enough of that. Um, you're never going to seal the deal about having a, a roster spot on this team if it's week four and you still can't get it together. So two significant players that I think can contribute. Kaylee, somebody, you were high on him in training camp. You and I were both shocked to not see this man in a Bucks uniform active on the roster. Coach Bowles was asked about, you know, the heavy workload that Leonard Fournette is taking on, and Lenny is killing it. Lenny is doing what Lenny can. He is relentless on that field when he gets the ball but I feel like they could be a little bit more creative if they add Keyshawn Vaughn to the mix you think we'll see a little Keyshawn Vaughn action this Sunday I mean Todd Bowles alluded to it he Mm -hmm. said that that it was going to be a guy that we were going to see more of and that that we needed to see more of and again Casey you and I were pretty hard on this coaching staff last week after that (laughs) two-point loss to the Packers and Yeah, frankly, as we should have been, because there has not been very much creativity. There has you have not used the weapons that you do have at your disposal. Okay, I get it. Mike Evans is suspended. You told you, you know, you decided that, you know, this guy's gonna sit out. Yep. Use the players that you do have. And I think between the tight ends that you have. And the running backs that you have, you have a very strong running game. You have a very capable running game. Mm -hmm. And they already said at the very beginning of this year that that was something that they were going to commit to. And it seems like at a little bit of instability, a little bit of rockiness, a little bit of like shaky ground in the offense, and they abandoned game plan. And it's like, you you can't do that. You have to stick to this game plan because it was working for you and it will work for you. Now just get creative. If you commit to it, you just have to get, you know, if like Lenny can only do so much, especially if he's, you know, five guys are on him. He's powerful and he tries to push through those five guys, but Mm -hmm. there's only so much that he can do. If you get creative, if you mix it up and I'm not talking trick play creative, let's dial that back. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry to bring that up, Casey. I know that that's a, a, a sour subject for you. My head. I think that you're going to have to be creative. And Casey, frankly, as we continue talking about this offense versus this Chiefs defense, they're going to need to get creative because Absolutely. we've already talked about some of the O-line struggles. Casey, this Chiefs defense, they had five sacks, mm-hmm. 10 QB hits, pressure on 35.7 percent of the plays yeah that the Colts took last week now the Colts were still able to pull it out and I think 
that the Bucks will be able to as well. But that is a strong D-line. D like, they're going to mm -hmm. come at you. And we've all, we've talked uh, about the trenches. It, you know, it, it's a battle that, frankly, the Bucks lost last week. You, Brady gets sacked three times. How much pressure did he take, Casey, you ask? Well, I have an answer to that question. He only <laughs> had pressure on 17.8% of the plays. Mm-mm. This is a team that is going to pressure him almost double that. Almost yeah. double that. So he has to be ready. This O-line, they have to be ready. They yes. have to be ready. They have to be prepared because this defense is not messing around. And that's mm -hmm. what's so interesting about this matchup. Um, we'll get into it. But these two teams resemble each other very, very well. They're two offenses that, frankly, are underperforming. They're two defenses that are overperforming and have carried mm -hmm. the team in a lot of ways. Um, and so it will be very interesting to see how this Bucks team and how this Bucks offense comes against, in some ways, kind of like their twin brother, you know, like a, a clone to a degree of themselves because yes. it, it is, uh, they're built in some of the same kind of ways. Um, this defense isn't a defense that you can mess around with. And so they have to be prepared going into this week and getting creative using dynamic run games, using dynamic schemes, doing something different, set up the guy in, in, you know, inside, outside, move him around, like yeah. do something different. That is going to be your friend. These guys yeah. are smart. They're capable of moving around. They're capable of remembering plays and it needs to happen. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Mm -hmm. And you make a good point, too, to mention the the reflection of one another. Because I remember on, on our uh, preview pod for the Packers game, I was like, oh, this is very similar. That The circumstances made it similar because limited wide receivers, so on and so forth, uh, predominantly trying to execute through the run game, blah, 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 blah. Um, with this... You make a great point to the fact that they both kind of heavily relied on on their defense to pull through for them, um, and it, the game planning is going to be so crucial here because the Colts were somebody who was struggling. Everyone was very hype on the Colts, and where the Colts have a similarity to the Bucks that they can kind of look at in a peer view and say, okay, let's use that to our advantage is that entering the 2022 season, the Colts were this formidable defense that everybody was excited to watch and that was heavily talked about. And then you have this run game that's supposed to be run down every team's throat. Week one, flop. Week two, flop. Week three, flop. Desperate for a win, beat the Chiefs by three. So 
how did they accommodate that? Well, the Colts kind of very evenly distributed the ball between the run game and the passing game against this Chiefs defense because they have a couple heavy hitters, yeah, but a lot of it is in the trenches. It is in their defensive ends, um, some, of, you know, some of their linebackers. But then once you get out to that secondary, that's something that they can kind of get a little uh, more confident pairing up against with these receivers not the receivers that they had sunday versus the packers but the set the receivers that we're hoping to see this sunday yeah this can put up a little bit more of a fight out there so love that comparison as to how they reflect each other about that you know kind of sloppy on offense heavily relying on defense um but as I said, the top runner on the Colts got 72 yards on the Chiefs defense. The top wide receiver got 71 yards. So you're talking now about Mike Evans, Julio Jones, potentially Chris Godwin. Now let's be realistic. Chris Godwin and Julio Jones will probably be on a snap count, which is fine, which means that they really do have to be strategic on when they're going to use them because you can't heavily abuse them in the first half and then pull them out in the second half. They have to be equally you know, played out from – throughout all four quarters there. Um, what can help them with that is not over here assuming that Leonard Fournette is just going to be the, the workhorse. Because now that we're in week four, do you like? is it not obvious that teams are going to game plan for what Leonard Fournette's going to do and every time that he's going to grab the ball? The minute you see him line up next to Tom Brady, you know, for the most part, they're adjusting for that run and they're waiting for that. You need to have a, a bit of a disguise in there. You need to have a decoy or you line up two running backs and then you pick your poison at the moment. But that's where they need to get creative versus this trick play awfulness that we saw and will not, will not go back down. Um, but you mentioned it. And then as for the five sacks that the – you know, they delivered versus the Chiefs last week. We're talking about Nick Bolton, linebacker, two sacks. We know what these linebackers do when they're coming off of a, of a sack-heavy game. They're ready to increase it, and we're talking about going against one of the top, the top quarterback in the league. They're going to be that much more hungry to get on Tom Brady. You've got Legereus Snee, a cornerback, who's going to be probably one of the only guys or the main guy in the secondary who's going to cause an issue. You've got Carlos Dunlap coming off the edge with one sack from last week. And you've got Frank Clark coming off the edge with a sack from last week. So you've got guys who, as Tom Brady's name, as the perfect target, lined up in their mind, ready to attack, heavy in the trenches this team can be. They need to find a way to equally distribute the ball like the Colts did between the run game and the passing game. And then if they do have multiple healthy receivers or healthy enough, because we know they're going to play them regardless, um, they need to slice it up in the secondary. Those matchings when it comes to Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin versus the Chiefs secondary, I think could be huge for the Bucks and having an advantage. Yeah, and so um, I, I know – I'm interested in your take on this because you mentioned in some of the Bucks wide receivers and you mentioned, uh, we mentioned a little bit earlier what that injury report looked like. And I know that Russell Gage was technically deemed questionable, but mm -hmm. he was the main guy that this Bucks offense relied on last week. And I yeah. think if he is able to go, which I don't understand, I don't know exactly why he was deemed questionable, but but I'm thinking maybe, yeah. do you think, Casey, it was a little bit more of like a rest situation than like a will be out for Sunday situation? Um, so, yes, it, well, half and half on that, because he has technically been on limited participation yeah. this entire season and yeah. then suited up to play. Um, as we saw versus the Cowboys, he was most definitely on a snap count. He only participated very little. Um they kind of threw him in there when they really needed to get like, you know, a few yards 
quick little under, un, underneath throw and then move down the field. Um, he showed up big for them versus the Packers was the only guy to find the end zone, if you will. So I, there was a play that he got up and he, you know, kind of limped around a little bit and looked like, yeah. oh crap, this is not fun, but I'm going to push through for my team. So he did push through something or if not, maybe re-irritated whatever he's been trying to slowly nurse back to heal to, you know, fully healed. Um, I do think that he's probably just going to go back on a reduced snap count like he did week one, especially if they have, you know, more wide receivers to distribute the ball through. And I think we're forgetting one of the most exciting parts here, whether you're a fan of this guy or not, you've got Cole Beasley, who's now that much further into the playbook, that much more acclimated with the team, has three more practices uh, building off of last week and Sunday under his belt. And this is a guy who I got a chance to talk to in the locker room on Sunday who said, you know, for me, it's just getting that much more time with Tom and that much more time in the book, but I am good at picking up on things quickly. This is the quickest that I've ever had to transit, like pick up on stuff in a team, but I'm good at picking up on things quickly. And we saw him for, I think two or three receptions versus the Packers. And he's going to try to, he's going to basically beat out that role for Scotty Miller. And yeah. if he, his catch percentage, which is already way more <laughs> than Scotty Miller's, he's going to be more of an opportunity and an option in that, in that stretch there. So now you're also talking about somebody who can be uh, an alleviator with all these wide receivers that will be on snap counts on Sunday. But that kind of brings me to something different. We've talked about having wide, certain wide receivers back. We've talked about the options being reestablished there. We talked about getting being consistent, which is extremely important, and being creative when your back's really against the wall, utilizing that running back group, but not just heavy on on Leonard Fournette and then throwing it to the rookie here and there. Like clearly Rashad White still needs to get up to speed and gain his confidence there. So it's time for Keyshawn Vaughn to come in and build off of what he did in training camp. But then it takes us to that tight end room. Co-Keep's been killing it. Kadon, unfortunately, was not a part of Sunday's game, which, you know, all still prayers go out to Kadot and his family. Um, his mom actually passed away, and that's why he was not a part of practices last week and not a part of Sunday's game. No matter how old you are, losing a parent is just devastating and so, so mentally tough. Um, yeah, so praying for him. He is back with the team, but within that, he's kind of eliminated what we were foreseeing for Kyle Rudolph. But Kyle Rudolph finally dressed out for his first game as a Buccaneer on Sunday, had one pretty beautiful catch, in my opinion, and some quality blocking opportunities. I would love to see Rudolph, Auten, um, Keith, as well as Cam Bray all dress out in that tight end room. I think that the tight ends are kind of underutilized and undervalued, especially if you have a banged up wide receiver group and you're only heavily relying on one running back. I think you can bring in some really magnificent disguises lining up, you know, uh, in Rudolph. That's where you get creative. Exactly. That's the creativity. You use your tight ends. You utilize what you have, the weapons that you have, the options yep. that you have, you have to do that. Um, you know, that's what I was trying to say earlier. Like it, it is so crucial that you use the weapons that you have play to your strengths. Yes. You have guys that can do things. And so you have to play to that. And so um, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, I think Cameron Bright was my player of the week last week because yeah. frankly, I think that the tight end group is probably the only group that I don't have too much criticism for on this offense because we haven't criticized them <laughs> I think they've been doing their jobs better than anybody else on the offense has been doing their jobs 
Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's just something that you like to see. And it's absolutely that, you know, I know that, you know, the, the fullback, the tight end, it's not always as utilized in the NFL nowadays, but I think it should be, I think that you can be the team to really utilize that again, especially Especially if you have a guy to do it. If you have a guy to do it, why not? That's the trick play. If you want to call it a trick play, even though you don't, that's the kind of creativity, as you mentioned, but trick play or whatever you should fall back on when things aren't going your way. You have a guy that can play H back fullback. Um, If you're willing to do it with Cameron Bright, freaking try it with Keith for crying out loud. Like, have better tight end sets out there, or at least use it as a disguise to fully open up your run game and and not always just throw it to Leonard Fournette. Well, and then you get more options as well. Like whenever you're talking about that in terms of the defensive, you you know, in in terms of what the defense then has to do, you're making Mm -hmm. the defense have to work that much harder. You're making the the linebackers and the, the corners and this, you know, you're making all of them have to think and, oh, who do I cover? Do I leave this gap there? And then you're spreading the field and mm-hmm. then you're going to have multiple options to go to because that is something that we saw and have seen, frankly, is that there are, are times where like Brady really doesn't have very many options. And yeah. I blame that on the creativity. You have to spread this field out. You have to give Brady some options. He has to be able to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to really get inside the mind of this defense if you're able to set up a few different options then you're going to get the defense on their heels and you're going to put yourself in the driver's seat um you know i know that we mentioned the receivers but i just want to take a look at the numbers from russell gage from last week he had 13 targets he caught 12 of those Mm -hmm. and he had 87 yards and a touchdown these receivers can produce yeah they catch balls when the balls are thrown to them, mm-hmm. when they're open. Russell, I mean, for the most part. Well, your starters. You're, you're Miller. Um, you know. <laughs> I know what you meant. But, yes. Um, yeah, your top guys, the Russell Gages of the world, the Mike Evans of the world, they're going to go out there and they're going to really put on a show. Mm-hmm. You can't just rely on them. Because yeah. it's too predictable and the matchups are too easy. You have to get creative. This is a strategic game and it's time to start playing ch- chess instead of playing checkers. Absolutely. You, know, you can't do that. And so in order to do that, I really want to see them get more creative. Um, 